Amen. Uh, Sal and I want to say, and my family want to say, thank you all for the gift, uh, the card, and uh, and the monetary the, uh, amount there. Thank you all so much for that. We're we're so appreciative of you guys, and uh, you guys are awesome. Um, I did want to note. I think um, Riley. I think did Caitlin help you pass put the things, or you do it all yourself. You helped her, Caitlin. Thank y'all. I, I didn't know because she was. But anyway, um, there's uh, there's a little booklet there um, that you're. It'll be in each little. Um, holder, I guess what you call it there on the pew, uh, called Two Ways to Live. Uh, if you, you know, it's, a, it's just a neat little um, track, and so if you want to check it out and, and, you know, take it home and bring it back or leave it at a restaurant or give it to somebody that you, you want to, I, I just, uh, um, you know, wanted you to be aware of it, okay? Um, it's, a, it's a good little um, track there that presents the gospel in a, um, in, in a very clear way. Um, so we started last week by looking at this idea of responding to things. And, and I told you all how my, uh, my cousin corrected me whenever I would um, post about sports, and if it wasn't in favor of my team, then I would say something about it. And um, if it was in favor of my team, I didn't say anything about it. And um, you know, I kind of, and then this week was was recruiting. Um, you know, early signing day for anybody who knows anything about that. Okay, for football, so I I keep up with that stuff a lot. So anyway, uh, and and people were talking trash about my my new coach at University of Florida, and then it, he ended up doing really good. And so I really wanted to say something, but I'll just let other people do it. So I just want you. I practiced it this week. Okay, I practiced not uh, responding, um, but the you know, as I mentioned last week. You know, while we have choices, we have a choice to respond or not to things like that on social media, something happened thousands of years ago that we don't have a response to. Right, Brother Tommy? And I want to present to you again kind of the background scripture, Matthew 16. You can see where we're going today. So, Miss Ronnie, I think that's up there. If you'll... um, Yes, and so in Matthew 16, this is not the this is not the, the birth of Jesus story, all right, if you recall. But um, he, he just just read along with me. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, "Who do people say that the Son of Man is?" And they replied, "Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets." But you, he asked them, "Who do you say that I am?" Simon Peter answered, "You are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus responded, Blessed are you, son of Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. So the question that I ask you today is, who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say? Jesus is asking that question to you today. And we're going to, so today, uh, we, we celebrate this, this wonderful time of year, uh, but how do we respond to Jesus? And I think, uh, you know, there you go, man, Miss Ronnie, you're on top of it today. Um, and so last week, we looked at Mary and Joseph. We looked at their responses to the birth, uh, to Jesus being born. Yeah, we looked at them. Today, all right, is the middle one. Today, we're looking at the wise men, the shepherds, and King Herod. And then next week, we're going to look at what may be considered more minor characters, okay? And so we'll, next week, it will be Elizabeth, Zechariah, uh, si- uh, Simeon, Anna, and the innkeeper. So that's what we're looking at next week. That's where we're going. And again, uh, while they all didn't respond in the exact same ways, I think you can see some combination of fear, 
recognition and, and action. So I think that's the central statement um, there. We can see some sort uh, of those three things, and, and a lot of times all three. And so let's look at the wise men. So read with me uh, the story of the, of the wise men. Again, it'll all, it's always on the screen there. Um, you can also read uh, from, from your Bible. There's extra Bibles in there as well with different versions. Uh, we, we're using the, uh, we use CSB for now. And so Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 12 Right. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arise, arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of, Ju of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. Verse 8, and again in Matthew chapter 2, he says, He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led, it led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Okay, so, a little bit of background. Uh, we well, Obviously, we call them... Well, a lot of times it's either wise men or what? Magi. Very good. All right. Um, quick quiz. How many were there? Oh, y'all did good. Okay. All right. Oh, oh okay. Actually, it's actually nowhere does it say that there are three. Okay. But we, 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 we assume there are three. All right. Because they were how many gifts? Three, three gifts. Um, very, very likely that there was a whole company of these. Okay. Very, very likely there was quite a few. Okay, um, you know, I don't really want to say a number, but it was more than three, more than likely. Um, also, do you think they were in the manger scene? No. Okay, but we, but we have, we have a, a, most, a lot of manger scenes will have the wise men there. Not accurate, okay? Um, in fact, it says right there in, in uh, verse 11 that they entered the house. Okay, they're already in a house, uh, not at the same place where Jesus was born. Also very likely that he was, you know, uh, anywhere from probably six months to two years old. Okay, uh, at this time, that corresponds with something we'll see later um, with, with one, of, one of King Herod's, well, King Herod's awful decree that we'll look at later um, about killing uh, all the boys two years old or younger. And so... Um, I just want to kind of get that out there real quick there. Make you feel nice and smart this morning, right? All right. Um, and so uh, these wise men or these magi would have been more than likely astronomers uh, from somewhere like Persia or Babylon. So let's, let's look at their recognition, okay? Again, uh, we, we're looking at the recognition, fear, and action. And look at Matthew 2, 1, 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star is rising and have come to worship him. They recognize right, that you know that, that something special. They recognize that someone special had been born, and their purpose was to do what? Did you see that? To worship him. 
to worship Him. And they did just that in, in the next verse, the first, the first part of verse 11. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother and falling to their knees, they worshiped Him. Okay? They didn't just come and bring gifts. They actually physically worshiped Him, which could go with, with action, but still. Um, how about you? You know, what, what, is, what is your purpose? You know, obviously we, we connect, we try our best to connect it, uh, to, you know, internalize it uh, to our lives as Christians. Okay? What if we as Christians live our lives with the singular purpose to worship Him? Think about our world today and what our world would look like, what Hamlin County would look like if every single one of us took that to heart. And that meant something to each and every one of us, that, that we're going to live our lives to worship Jesus Christ. I used this verse last week, and I think it'll be up to here uh, uh, in just a moment. Yes, because Miss Rhonda is awesome. Uh, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. So, Worship, yes, we come into a, a church and we, we sing songs and, and, and we pray and we, and, you know, we, we, we give uh, monetary gifts and we do those things in, uh, in our worship service. Right? But true worship in the terms of every day, Monday through Saturday, all right, uh, and maybe Sunday after church or between church services, all right, it's the giving of our lives back to God. Amen? It's and and if we if that was our, again think of what our world would be if we as Christians took that seriously, right? If we came and and every moment of our lives, right? We are presenting our lives as a sacrifice back to God and saying, "You do with us how you want, God." All right, my life is not my own. I'm giving it to you, and I offer it back to you, and that's my true worship. So let's look, let's look at the action. Let's look at action. What what did they have to do? What did these uh, what did these men uh, have to do? Well, they had to travel a long ways. Okay, they gave gifts and they eluded Herod, which is kind of neat in a way. All right, so um, traveled. Now we look at that and we just read it. And it's like okay, they traveled right by the time they were like, eh. but a lot of times we don't know the background, we don't know how far they traveled. It was a long ways. Okay, especially without cars uh, that run as fast as as, uh, as I'm sure Mr. Rick likes to drive. Just playing, Mr. Rick. But um, Matthew two verse one: After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem. So they had to take a, 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 a group of people. Um, for, from my research, it, they probably, like I said, it was more than three. And it was probably a, a, a good bit of people, attendants and guards and all this that went with them. It was a big group of people, okay, that would have traveled a very long while. Okay, 800 miles, I believe, was, was what I got there. And, you know, you see different you know, different, the, you know, theologians, you know, people who study this to say it would have taken anywhere from maybe a couple months to up to two years. I don't know. It, all I know is it took a long time, okay? Uh, and they traveled. And I have more. We'll get, we're going to get there in just a moment. And so when they got to Jerusalem, right, then where did they go? I'm asking like a teacher this morning. Where was Jesus born? In Bethlehem. So there in Jerusalem... And then they had to go to Bethlehem, which is about six miles south of Jerusalem. Okay, and again, here, here's here's my point. I love this. Somebody else brought this out as I was studying. Okay, but I just have to I have to share it with you this morning. Okay, so these men traveled a long distance to see Jesus. Right, uh, in, you know, researchers say anywhere to maybe about eight hundred miles, and then they went six more miles. Right, the whole point is these men. Who are not in that, not from that culture, not from, uh, not Jews at all. They traveled a lot longer distance to see Jesus, 
while some of the chief priests and scribes didn't even travel six miles to go see him. Well, that preach? It, it preaches to me. All right? See, some, some people are close to Jesus, but they're so, much far, they're so far away. Right? I was that person. Hey, I didn't give my life to Christ until I was 20 years old. Grew up in a church. Right? Went to this church. I went to, I went to New Hope Baptist Church. All right, Brooklyn, I went there for a couple of years. We, my mom took me and my sisters. My dad didn't go at the time. All right, and we went, you know, we, we went to, to, to New Hope. And then we went to Corinth Baptist Church uh, for a long time. Still, still you know, consider those people family. Okay? And then we, we went to Burnham. All the while, all right, and every, especially when I got to a certain age, all right, just grabbing a hold of that front pew on altar call. All right, and listen to people like Wilbur Wood, which I saw the other day. He preached the, preached the fire out of it. Now, I mean, he'll he'll preach the bark off a tree now. All right, and and, and it, you know, still so close, so close in church, but my heart wasn't. My heart didn't belong to Christ. Okay, right, but my body was there. Right? And so you know that'll preach. I, I, and I, I just I thought about this mo- this statement this morning. You know, proximity to the things of Christ does not equal proximity to Christ. You okay? can be close and still miss, still miss heaven. Don't let that be you. Okay? Make sure that you have uh, trusted in what Jesus did on the cross as counting for you. Okay? Make sure you apply that to your life. Amen? I mean, and, and going back, I had, to, I had to preach that for a moment, right? By the time I had to go there for a moment. But to come back, and, come back to the story here, are we willing to be inconvenienced uh, or, or even go through some tough times to, to worship Jesus, to see Jesus? Ask yourself if you are. And then, so they traveled, and what else did they do? They gave, they gave gifts, right? They, three, they gave the three gifts. Verse, uh, verse 11b, the second part of verse 11. Then they opened their treasures, presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we, we have, you know, theologians will say, oh, you know, you got the gold, it represents royalty, and, and incense, divinity, and myrrh speaks of death. And I, I think that's really cool. I think that, you know, that, that we, it's neat that we can, you know, study those things, and, and I can definitely see the parallels, making an illustration on the things that they may have represented. In reality, it's likely that those magi didn't know that, okay? They were just giving gifts, uh, very practical gifts. In fact, uh, especially the gold. Uh, could have been used to to help finance Jerry uh, Joseph Jerry's. There you go, Joseph and Mary. I just made up a word for you. Jerry's trip, all right, to Egypt because they had to leave. Okay, uh, they had to leave, right? And so, very likely, God was just providing for them. Okay, all right. You're going to need to take that because you're going to need some money. You have to go. You have to travel. And so, um, I, I just find that pretty pretty interesting there. Now, because uh, see, it was customary from you know from the ancient Near East. For people in that culture to give gifts, okay, it was customary. Think back in Genesis chapter forty-three, you know, um, and, and Jacob. Remember, Joseph had, had gone through all all what he went through, and now he's you know one of the biggest rulers in that land. And, and you know, uh, he sends his he sends his brothers off and say, "Go back and get your dad," and, and so all that, right? And then Genesis forty-three verse eleven says, "Then their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this.'" Put some of the best products of the land in your packs and take them down to the man as a gift. Okay? Uh, you know, a little balsam, a little honey, aromatic gum and resin, pistachios. Oh, that sounds good. And almonds, right? Okay? Uh, and so do that. And then you also see in, when, the, when the Queen of Sheba visited King Solomon. 
right? And so you see that in 1 Kings chapter 10, the Queen of Sheba heard about Solomon's fame connected with the name of the Lord and came to test him with difficult questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very large entourage with camels bearing spices, gold in great abundance, and precious stones. She came to Solomon, spoke to him about everything that was on her mind. The point is that would, that would have been customary right, to present gifts, especially to somebody or to something that they, that they deemed to be important. Right, which obviously the, the Magi did in this situation. These are more evidence of what these men thought of Jesus. Again, what about us? What's our response? What, what gifts do we bring? What, what gifts do we bring? Do, do we honestly give our best? Do we give our best to the Lord? You know, I, I've had players, and I think I mentioned this before, and it's funny how I guess after being here so long, you, you use some of the same stories. hope you don't get uh, aggravated with me with that. But I, I can remember, not often, but there's been a, there was a couple times when I was a coach, uh, coaching basketball, where I was going to bring somebody in at the end of the game and let uh, somebody on the bench play. And there was a couple times where the moment was too big for them. There was just too many people in the sta- in the stadium or, or in the stands or whatever, all right, and they were scared. And they said, no, Coach, I'll just sit right here. Like, literally. I'm like, okay, you sure don't want to go in? You can go in right now. It's a big moment. No, I'll stay right here. I- I'm content sitting on the bench. So, again, that'll preach. Uh, it, uh, does it feel, it seems to me that there are people that are just content sitting on the bench when it comes to their faith in Christ. We'll just let somebody else do it. Okay? I'll just sit and be a bystander. I mean, and, and think about, again, I want you all, we all this preached to me first, okay? Stepped on my toes first. But how much do we really give? Just ask yourself, how much, how much do you really give of your time, okay? Of your talents, okay? What you're, what you're, what you're good at, of your you know, effort, your resources. How much do you really give back to God? See, I, I thought again this morning about uh, another young man. I wish, uh, I wish Brad was here this morning because he, he, you know, he, this young man is pretty special to, to uh, the their side of family. Uh, but Anthony Clarity, okay? did you know Anthony? So Anthony, Anthony is married with a couple of kids, lives in Tennessee, doing great. Okay, um, but um, when he was a senior um, and he could no longer play. Right, because of his age, um, Anthony, you know, became uh, a helper, a manager. You know, I'll just help the team, coach. I'll be, a, I'll be a manager. I'll pick up basketballs. I'll do whatever. And the thing that that I, that I always, I always remember about Anthony, and I've used him a couple times. It's just um, somebody who's willing to work and to be a service to somebody else. Is um, when Kevin McLean, his teammate, who's quite possibly one of the most decorated players in school history. Uh, we had some workouts in the morning with college guys, with college teams, and I can remember one time we had to have a workout at like six thirty in the morning, right at Hamilton County High School, and it was I think it was Belmont, which is who we actually went to go. Uh, no, it was actually VCU. I don't know. It was one of the two. We had a, we had Virginia Commonwealth came and Belmont University came on different days in the morning. And, and I'm, I'm guessing probably both of them, uh, Anthony did this, but I know at least for one of those occasions, Anthony told me the day before, he, or asked me, he said, Coach, can I, can I come rebound? Can I come rebound and pass? He just wanted to come and help in any way he could. You, let me just, I'll get the balls, you know, after he shoots them, I'll get them and I'll throw it to him, back to him. I'll do that so you can, you can be on the sideline and talk to the coach. Coach, can I do that for you? So he come early just to help somebody else. I love that attitude. See, I think we need more Anthony Clarities for Christ. Men, I think we need more of that 
attitude. And I'm speaking to myself as well. And then I, I think you obviously the fear here is you know is one that I think you see uh, in the fact that I'm sure they didn't want to go back to Herod. Uh, God uh, for a reason warned them in a dream. That's going I think it's up there, uh, Miss Ron. The, the next one, Matthew two twelve, and being warned in a dream not to go back. I think in that warning, okay, uh, they returned their own country by another route. It was like okay. <laughs> Uh, that's obviously something is important if we're being warned in a dream not to go back and so obviously there would have been some fear there um, and keep in mind that these wise men never told King Herod that they would report back you can look back in there we're not going to get into the details there now but if you want to look back in it they never said they would okay they just you know they but I, I like that part so that man I'm sure they knew or had a feeling that this, that this man is crazy and we're going to look at that in just a moment okay uh, let's talk let's look at the shepherds first though so this is again we see that people responded so now we have Mary Joseph and now we have the magi next we have the shepherds and Sally read some of this this morning this is a you know kind of the one that the, the passage that is read often uh, by people on Christmas Day. I know we do this as well. All right, but let's, uh, I love it. This is beautiful. But Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the flocks, in the fields, and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified or sore afraid. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is Messiah the Lord. Got to pause for a moment. Does anybody picture Linus in the in uh, Charlie Brown Christmas reading this? Okay, thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one. All right, you know my classmate back there. She's with me. All right, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people we favors." When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, "Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what was happened, which the Lord has made known to us." They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up these things in her heart and meditating on them. Verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. And so we start with the fear, and I think it's, you see that very, very early on, right? Very similar to Mary and Joseph. You know, you see an angel... A little bit scary, right? Okay, uh, and so uh, an angel of the Lord came, stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The King James Version says, sore afraid. Okay, uh, The ESV says, filled with great fear. So sore and afraid, filled and fear. And the New American Standard says, terribly frightened. Okay, So it's not just frightened, not just afraid, not just, okay, it's, it's uh, some big fear there. Uh, and the angel noticed it and said, "Hey, it's okay. Calm down. It's like it's like we were telling our little dog that this morning. Okay, he was he was so afraid this morning as the the rain came down and the thunder rolled. Old Skippy was so afraid. I just made, added a, a Bible verse there. What do you think, Candace? You like that? Okay. All right. And once again, I think we can all agree that having an angel speak, yeah, I think it would probably scare me. All right. Recognition. Luke two verse twenty. The shepherds returned. They glorified. They praised. All right." For everything they had they had heard, seen and heard, which were just as they had been told, right? they glorified and praised God. Amen. Just as we should do. So uh, about uh, what two weeks ago, Sally, um, uh, Sally ordered a Christmas present for me um, through Walmart that didn't come. The guy drove up in the in the um, the I don't know which one was it American Express American. 
FedEx, yeah, one of them. FedEx came and uh, drove in our in our in our up all the way up to our house, okay, in the yard, and left. We didn't get a thing. Didn't get a thing, okay. But Walmart says we did get a thing, and FedEx said we did get a thing, which we never got, okay, which were my Christmas gift. And and by the way, I still I still don't have it. Uh, Sally uh, went went to bat for me, and you know spent hours on the phone and emailing and like we didn't get it because then you know uh, walmart's like well it's fedex says it was given to you you know and like no we never got anything okay? <laughs> unless they dug a hole and put it in the ground and covered it up we didn't get a thing right and so anyway what's my point um this is just kind of good to, to be able to rely on people to do their job Right? I mean, you, isn't it great, Mister? We like people who are dependable, all right, and do what they say. Uh, just as it, just as they say they're going to do, they're going to do it. All right, you want to? We pay for this, deliver it. It should be delivered, right? Uh, so anyway, yeah, pray for us on that. You know, I'm not real happy, but anyway, uh, but it's just a great thing that we can rely on people. Notice that it says there. This is a side note. This is another sermon within a sermon, a little mini sermon. It's something that I've read many times, but I didn't notice it until I was studying this. The end of verse twenty, and it's okay, Miss Miss uh, Miss Ron, if it's uh, you know don't you don't have to go back to it, but let me read the end of that to the, uh, back to you today. It says, "Praising God for all things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told." Well, if no one else, Amen. <laughs> no one else can be as trustworthy. God is okay. He told them just how it was going to be, and it was just how He said it was going to be. Okay, whoo, praise Him, Amen. Right, I'm going to get excited about that this morning because I know we can't trust a lot of people in this world. We can trust God. Amen. Action. Look at the action. What did they do? Verses 15 through 18. When the angels had left them, returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem, see what's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off. And then moving on, Miss, Miss, uh, Miss Rhonda threw that in verse 18. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I've already read it a couple times there. Um, see, people, I don't know about you guys, but uh, people have picked on me over the years because I walk fast. Like, they, like it's funny, like, like students, like the, when I was coaching basketball, they would like to act like Coach Murphy. You know, the next day, say, oh, Coach, saw yesterday, man, you, you were jerking that, you were jerking that tie off of you, and you were, you know, and, and like, they, they, they say, here's Coach Murphy. You know, walking real fast, you know, and I'm like, yes, that's how I am. I can't help it, okay? I'm in a hurry almost all the time, okay? I have to physically tell myself to slow down, okay? I just how I am, okay? Just the way I've always been. So uh, what about you? Ever been late for an important event? No one here is ever late, right? Did you drive a little faster? A little bit. I know Miss Jan probably did. All right. Uh, or, or, you know, you, you walk a little faster because it was across the, across the campus and you got to get there a little bit faster, See, the, the more important the event is, the faster we go, correct? Right? If it's not an important meeting, you'd be like, ah, I'll be there about a couple minutes late, be all right. But if it's important, we get there. See, I love the little details there. Check out these shepherds. They went immediately to Bethlehem, immediately. And they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph. They, they, they went straight. Uh, they immediately hurried. Other, other trans, translations say, went with haste. Yeah, they did it immediately because it was important to them. Amen? Is Jesus that important to you? And then to tell others about it as well, right? See, the obvious question is, are we in a hurry to tell others about Jesus? Like these shepherds. 
I pray that we will be. People responding to the birth of Christ with fear, recognition, and action. And now let's look at King Herod. What a sad, sad part of the story. A broken man here. Look in verses 1 through 7. Um, here it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east tra- arrived in Jerusalem. Let me skip to verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked him where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. All right, you can see that in verse 6. And then verse 7, Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. Now, the thing about King Herod is that this guy was brutal, y'all. He was brutal. Um, and, and I'd be like, yeah, Brother Patrick, I mean, he had a bunch of boys killed, a bunch of babies, you know, kids, yes, yes. But even more than that, uh, uh, he was just a brutal, brutal guy. And he did some good things, you know, uh, you know, architectural-wise, uh, but he suffered from an illness that made his, he was very paranoid, very paranoid. Um, he became especially cruel the older he, he became, um, the older he was. He had his wife killed, okay? had his wife killed, and at least two of his sons killed, among several others. That's not all, okay? Um, he was married nine times to help keep his power, okay? All right, so, whoo! All right, and as Bowman said, uh, theologian Bowman said, he, he was a Jew in religion, but he was a heathen in practice and a monster in character. And, of course, we see that here. And so we're dealing with a, a very disturbed man, a very disturbed human being here in, in King Herod. And so, let's look at the fear. I want to start with fear because I thought this was interesting. Look in verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. See, this is not the same fear we've seen already, is it? The last two weeks, you know, where the angel shows up and we're so afraid. It's not, it's not Skippy with, you know, getting on uh, Sally's neck because of some thunder. Okay, we're talking. We're, we're we're talking something a little bit different. See, this is not. That's not the same fear. This fear is is a fear of losing power. This this is a fear of things of his world being changed. Because who? Because what if this person is what they say he is? All right, then I'm no longer the man. Now, I like being the man. This is King Herod here. See, this is a fear of losing power. He was disturbed and troubled. He wanted to be in complete control and have all power. So whenever these wise men show up saying that they were there to see the person who was born king of the Jews, well, he can't have that, can he? See, it was an unintentional challenge uh, there by, by, the, uh, by the Magi to say the, uh, the words born king of the Jews. See, it, they didn't realize that see, uh, King Herod wasn't uh, born that way. Right, see, King, King Herod was neither a full Jew nor a descendant of David, like Jesus was. Right? And so this definitely would have kind of, mm, okay, born King of Jews. Now, I wonder if this is right. I wonder if this is true. What about us, though? Do we, do we fear, are we afraid of losing control of our lives? You know, that God, if we surrender to Christ, will, will, will we not be able to make any decisions anymore? Is, it, you know, is there some fear there? Right? I know there was some a little bit with me before I gave my life to Christ. Recognition. Matthew 2, 4-7. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes. And we're going to, going to skip down to, to, to verse 7 again. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star happened. 
again, what if this is true? I think we see this recognition with his fear. Sure, he was paranoid, but notice that he inquires more about the details. He has a secret meeting with the Magi. Hey, tell me a little bit more about this. And once he learns more, he, he, he continues to look into it. And I'm sure this recognition is not sincere as we know why he wanted to know this information, but still. And again, what if it's true? And I want to ask you that today. And I think you know everybody in the room today, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, already knows it's true and already responded in a way. But what about, what about, your, what about your friends? What, what, if, what if they... What if it's true? What if this is true? See, then we can't treat this book as just another book, right, brother? We, wait a minute. So if Jesus is who He says He is, then that means that we have a, we have a decision to make. Amen? And like I mentioned before, uh, and, and you know, think about Josh McDowell wrote this in, in a book, Lord, uh, you know, in a book called More Than a Carpenter. He wrote a chapter called Lord, Liar, or Lunatic. See, Jesus claimed to be God. So he either is who he says he is, amen, right? Or he's a liar. And if he's a liar, then he'd be crazy to die for a lie. See, we can't, oh, he was a good man. Oh, yeah, I believe Jesus is a good man. Right? No, that's not, that, that, that wasn't left up to choice, okay? That's not an option, okay? Not an option. It remind you know. Speaking, of, I remember Jabari. You know, some of y'all saw Miss Miss Dolores asked me about him. You know, this morning. You know, and I was talking about how you know when things get tough, does that make you want to come home? And he's like, man, look, listen, coach. If a if a coach is if a college coach is going to yell at me and, and cuss at me, that it's not an option for me to come back to Hamilton and be back here. He's just going to have to cuss at me because that's not an option. I ain't coming back. Okay, all right. Which I appreciated, but again, the whole point there. It changes everything. Now, as we get into a close here, what's the action? And this is the horrible, sobering, terrible part of this story. See, other than the fact that he met with religious leaders and then asked the wise men to help him out, he does something absolutely awful. Look with me in verse 16 of chapter 2. Then Herod, when he realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they were no more. Researchers, uh, theologians, think that it was probably anywhere from 10 to 30 boys killed. It doesn't matter, right? It's like, it's like PJ said a couple weeks ago, the matter is just one. If one one boy had to be killed for that, what an awesome tragedy! What an awful tragedy, amen. And and because especially as David Gusick said in his in his last years, we already know he he had issues, but in his last years he was especially cruel and suspicious. In fact, the history says when when he knew that his death was approaching. Herod had many Jewish leaders of Jerusalem arrested on false charges. This is crazy, okay? He ordered that as soon as he died, they should all be killed. He, he knew well that no one would mourn his own death, so he was determined that some tears be shed when he died. This is the person we're talking about. This is the person uh, that we're looking at right now. And while we haven't done anything like this, we still make decisions each day that show that we want to be controlled of our lives. Amen or oh me. It's a constant battle. 
Who do we place on the throne of our hearts? Christ or do we put ourselves? All right? And by the way, that track is, is where we're, is, goes with that. Two ways to live. Because people responded to the birth of Christ with fear, recognition, and action. I asked Miss Sally, Mr. Lawrence is already here. How about us as we close out today? How about us? Are we, how do we respond? Are we obedient like the wise men and shepherds? Are we, you know, we, we praise and we worship and we dedicate our lives to serve Him? Do, is that us or do we fight to be in control of our lives? See, I want to point out real quickly, and again, a very sobering thought that, you know, obviously what King Herod did there it should enrage us to our core, right? We're talking about children. You know, even if it's just adults, it will still be awful. But children, come on, don't mess with the children, man. Uh, but he had to remove every threat, right? Because he's in control. So, wait a minute, two years? Well, i got to have all those killed, all those boys killed, which is an awful thought. But can I also tell you that and make the point today that our, our Father, Heavenly Father, gave His Son, Jesus, to die for people like that as well? See, we, we like to make qualifications on God's love. Yeah, I can see Him dying and giving His and loving those people, Brother Patrick, but not, not those people. But also want to be very clear here. All of us have sinned. Amen? And thankfully we haven't had little boys under two years old killed, but all of us have sinned. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of glory of God. We messed up. Sin has consequences. Sin has Can you be forgiven? Yes. And that's a whole other sermon for another day. But sin also has consequences. Different consequences for the sin that's, that, that has been you know, committed, right? But sin is still sin. And any sin, one sin, Brother Mike, right? One sin separates us from God. So if you're thinking about that today, or maybe you have a loved one and, and you, know, you want to share this, share this with them, uh, I, I pray that you will. One sin separates us from God. But Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. While that sin separates us, God gives us the opportunity to have eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't try to get right first. Come as you are. Amen, Brother Tommy? Romans 5.8 says, But God proves His own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I, my my dad, uh, I like to see my dad on 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 the uh, big loader, you know, thing, you know, and they like to push things down. You know, they're big. You know what I'm talking about? I bet Mr. Rick likes to do stuff like that too. And they have to push big old trees down or pull big old roots up and all that stuff, right? Making a path, you know, and it looked like there's nothing, and then all of a sudden, you see a path, right? Where did that come from? You know? Well, that's. I'm just. Uh, I, I look at that the same way as I look at at, uh, at at God making a way where there wasn't a way. And there is one now. So trust in Jesus and share that hope that we have in Him with those you love. Amen. All right. If you've never made a decision, I pray that you will. All right. Uh, as we come and sing.